So last week we started a series on Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, it's been known to be called the Heroes in Hebrews. And these are a series of people where they talk about faith. And that's what the stories in Hebrews 11 are all about, is about faith and how these men and women uh, stood up in tough times, in different times, times that uh, there were all sorts of crazy things that happened to them, and they stood up with faith. So if you have a real relationship with God... We learned last week that you have to live by faith, right? That is a very, very important part. It's not just important, it is necessary. The just must live by faith, right? There is no question. You can't say, well, I, I want to have a relationship with God, uh, but I don't know about the faith thing, because that's just what it is. You've got to have faith. We also learned last week that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance of things hoped for. Okay? And the evidence of things not seen. That is, those things out there in life that you cannot prove... Necessarily, you cannot reason them out. You just have to trust that that's what they have to be. God never asks you to take away your reasoning mind, but sometimes He does ask you to trust in His character and who He is. When you learn who the Lord is and you learn about the truth that He gives and the truth that's in His Word, his unchangeableness, his great power, his mercy, and all of his promises, you learn that faith in God is simply the belief in God's promises. Those promises from that unchangeable, all-powerful, almighty God, and he keeps them, and they are good forever. And so you can trust him more than you can trust any human ever, including yourself. You can trust God more than that. And that is the core of faith. So last week we touched on Abel, right? Abel was that beginning character of faith way back at the beginning. And his mark of faith, what they give in Hebrews 11, his mark of faith was this, that he had a blood sacrifice. And you learned about that blood sacrifice not like his brother Cain, who did not have a living sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. He didn't necessarily understand all the things that God would do in the future. Abel didn't necessarily understand them all, but he knew that's what God wanted, was a blood sacrifice. Fast forward many, many years, of course, you come down to Christ being the blood sacrifice, and Abel, not understanding fully what it was, but knowing that's what God said to do, said, by faith I will do this. Right? And so he's given credit to have faith or belief in God's promises that it was the right steps to take. 
God said to do this, so I will do it, even though I don't understand it. Right? So today we're going to look at a very interesting character. If you would turn to uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews as we continue on. Chapter 11 of Hebrews. And we're going to go with verse number 5. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So being translated means uh, you could translate a language, right? You go from one uh, language, English, to Spanish, or you can go to French, or, or many other languages, right? You're taken from one uh, understanding, one place, and you're put into a whole other place, another perspective. Well, he was taken from the perspective of this earth, This man, Enoch, was taken from the perspective of living on earth, taken right up into God's presence. Okay? He never died. That's one thing we know. He was just translated, just taken there one day. So there's kind of some mystery about that, right? And what happened after that was people started to look for him. Which is natural, right? It says he was not found, right? That he should not see death and was not found. So it's a natural thing, right? I remember one time many years ago, uh, we were getting ready to go, I think it was to church or a Bible study or something, and I was young, maybe six or seven years old, and it was a just at that moment, time to go. Everybody was ready, except my sister was nowhere to be found. Uh, which was probably not unusual at the time, but, <laughs> but we went through the house and outside. Everybody called and screamed, and it got louder and louder and louder. We walked back and forth inside the house and outside the house, everywhere we could look, everywhere. And I think my parents were at the point of not knowing what to do next. Looked and looked and looked, and it was like she was gone. Well, the truth was she was just sleeping up in a little loft that we had, and you couldn't see where she was. Though we were three feet from her, apparently she was a pretty heavy sleeper at the time, right? (laughs) And eventually she woke up and said, what's the problem, right? (laughs) So when you look for somebody, you look pretty intensely. But all of a sudden, Enoch was gone, and he never showed back up. And I'm sure there were a lot of people that heard about Enoch. We don't know whether someone saw him disappear or not, but they heard about Enoch, no doubt, and they said, well, there must be a logical explanation. We'll just go look for him. He must be somewhere else. And that's why it said he wasn't found. When teaching other mechanics... I have done this a lot of times, and we've had electrical problems at work. And when you get overwhelmed, one of the first things your brain goes to is, well, someone must have 
we're messed with this. Or it's kind of like magic, this happened. I said, no, 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 it's never magic, right? Electric, electricity works the same way every single time. It obeys the laws of physics. It obeys the laws of electricity. It does exactly what it does. You just haven't found the problem yet. So let's go back and look from the beginning. That usually works. Logic usually works to find the problem. But what happened here with Enoch, as people no doubt went out to look for him, logic didn't work because every other time in the law of mankind and in God's law, every man is appointed unto man once to die. Right? Except for Enoch. Right? So God just took him. So he didn't follow the laws of nature. Because God had a special plan, no doubt, for him and took him away. He didn't leave a body behind because you would know. And everybody would say, well, there he is. He died. But instead, poof, he's gone. Now, whether somebody saw that or not must have been an incredible moment, kind of a scary moment, and thinking, what is God doing? He just vanished. So we know they looked for him, right? We know they looked for him, and nothing magic happened except that God reached down and says, you're finished on this earth for now, I'll take you. And why did it happen? Well, let's look in Genesis. We're going to look back. Hold your thumb in Hebrews. Go back to Genesis chapter 5. That's where his story is originally told. We get a couple more details, not a lot, but a couple more details. Genesis chapter 5, verse number 21. Genesis chapter 5, verse number 21. This is going through the lineage of uh, different people. It goes down through Enoch's grandparents and great-grandparents and his father and so on. Verse 21, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Okay, so he lived a long time, 365 years. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Okay, it's pretty, pretty clearly written. If you had any other doubt what actually happened to Enoch... God just took him, right? Because he walked with God. God took him. I'm oftentimes looking for my children uh, also, and they're always lost out in some little spot where they're looking in the trees or looking at the insects or playing in the dirt or playing pool up in the barn or something like that. But we always find them. We always go and we can find them, even if we're frustrated. But Enoch disappeared and was left behind. So why did God take him? That's really the crux. We get it. He disappeared. God took him away. But why did God take him? Well, we've learned two things about him. We've learned a couple things about him. We're back in Hebrews. We'll be looking. Uh, number one, we learned that Enoch walked with God. That's number one thing that we learn about him. And then God took him. 
He walked with God, and God took him. And then the second thing we learn, which is interesting, we read it in there. He was not found, in verse number 5, because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So it says he was taken because he pleased God. Enoch pleased God. Well, that's an interesting thing, that God would just choose this particular guy that he was pleased with and just take him. So what is it to please God? That's one thing that's interesting. What is it, we think, to please God? Uh, Chapter 13 of Hebrews, it talks about pleasing God. Chapter 13, verse number 16, it specifies a little bit about what it is to please God. 13, 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. There's two things in that particular verse that said they, that pleases God. One is to do good. And we have that. We know that's a, an important thing. To do the right thing. To choose the right thing. God says that's an important thing to me. And then it says to communicate. And that just doesn't mean just talk all the time. Communicate is another way that you could say uh, distribute. You could communicate a bunch of different things. You could communicate goods to someone else. Okay, it's a it's a kind of a back and forth thing. It's a being able to give out or to share. Right? You could share words. You could share your goods. You could share relationships. You can share the gospel. You can share love and peace and joy and kindness, all the fruits of the Spirit. That's things you can share. So not only to do good, but we'll say to share yourself. Share yourself. That's part of what pleases God. To give yourself, of yourself, use up yourself for others. In ways that he says that's, that's what Christ did, right? Christ gave of himself again and again and again. He did it till he was exhausted. And then when he was done healing and, and doing things for hours and hours on end, he would go up and pray and he'd come back and do it again. He give of himself to other people. That pleases God. So we know that Enoch pleased God, and we know that he did good things, because that pleases God, no doubt. He did good things, and he shared of himself. We know that because there's one little thing in the book of Jude. If you go to the book of Jude, we have one thing written that's attributed... Just before Revelation, the last book before Revelation, just a short little book, Jude verse number 14, this is attributed to Enoch. And Enoch also, 
the seventh from Adam, in case if you were guessing which Enoch it was, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against. He has a prophecy. And he talks about those people who are ungodly and what God has done or what God is going to do with them. So we know that he shared words in his lifetime. We have just this little bit left of him. And we know that he shared his life and that he lived well, enough to please God. So what really pleases God, those things definitely please God. But let's continue to read in chapter 11 of Hebrews, the end of verse 5. Before, for before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So no doubt we know that Enoch did well in his life, and he communicated well. We know those things. He talked about God. He believed in God. He did good things in his life. But more than that, he lived by faith, what they call faith. And faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Right? And it says faith is the belief in God's promises, right? God's promises, we're going to believe in that. We know that Enoch reward, was rewarded because he diligently sought after God. That's what we know. That pleases God. He believed and he knew that God would reward him for seeking after him. For spending the time diligently to seek after him. That is careful. Diligence means this. Careful persistence. That's how we should seek after God. Careful, persistent work effort in seeking him. So that's what a, a life of persistent seeking, careful work, saying we're going to do this for God. I'm going to take every day. I'm going to step up to do the things he's called me to do today. And today might not be some great big stand for my faith. Today might just be learning to be patient with somebody. It might just be something small. It might just be, i got to get up and keep going. That might be what it is. But persistently going after God. And after you fail and you fall down and you mess up, you persistently go right back to him quickly. Turn and don't let all of the things that float around in your head about, oh, now I've really messed up, now I've really done that, turn back to God and say, i got to get back to you right away. Right? Persistently going after God, carefully making those steps to choose to do right. 
Now that is exactly what you do is to learn careful and persistent things. You seek after someone. As many years ago, uh, now that I first met Amy, my wife, right? And what you learn about Amy after a little while uh, is that she has rules about food. <laughs> those are people who know those things, right? Rules that she has about food. And to me, they make no sense. This can't touch that. These things don't go together. I don't like that. I don't like the way these things are smushed together. There's all these rules, right? And truthfully, I spent 20 years figuring out what it is that she likes and does not like. But you know, I choose to do that. I choose to find out those things about her, the things she does like and the things she doesn't like. And I don't try to give her things I know she doesn't like. I try to find the things out that are going to please her. I try to find the things out as I seek uh, to keep my relationship with her, right? I try to seek out the things that I know she will like. That's what we're to do with God, right? We learn, we reach, we find out what does God really want. We think we know, right? When we first get married, we think we know all about that person. You don't know nothing about that person when you first get married. I don't care how long you've known them for. When you get together in a house and you have to share everything, everything becomes different all of a sudden, right? <laughs> Got to all hold it together out there, right? <laughs> so you, the same thing with God. You, you think you know about God, but then God surprises you every day. And what you learn about it as you seek him diligently, which is what Enoch did, seek him and seek him and try to find out what does God want me to do with this? What does God want me to do? Learn to please God with every little step. You find out that he's full of surprises. And he has a great plan for you. And he has great things he wants you to do. But you also learn that every individual person. And I think this is one of the most powerful things about uh, God and his relationship with humanity. Each person's journey of faith is different. And I don't mean that in the fact that, oh, you can get, uh, you can go to any God and God will do this. And no, 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 no. Leading to Jehovah, the Almighty God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Eternal Father, Jesus Christ, coming to Him, every individual human's steps take a different path. You all got here sitting in these seats with a very different life. Probably you never would have met each other in many reasons if you weren't in this place, right? Many, many steps have taken you to this place. But this is the unique thing. The almighty God reached down inside a human race. And he doesn't just look at us as a big bunch of people. He looks at every individual and he knows your fears and your needs and your desires. He knows the things that will trip you up along the way. 
And he has created this exact plan that works for you. The steps of faith you need. The person sitting next to you probably has no idea all those little steps of faith that you need to grow in. Because they have a whole different set. But God knows the individual needs. And that's what's so unique about Enoch. Is God knew the individual steps of Enoch's life. And God says, I've got a great plan for you. He also knew all the people around Enoch that would go looking for him and that would lose him and that would also have their faith strengthened by him just going poof one day. People have theories on what he may be doing, maybe even in the end times, and that could very well be. That could very well be. But we do know this, that your steps of faith are important. James says, faith without works is dead. And so faith means that you move something in your life. You do something. It's not just believing that God is there, but you, you do believe in that. But it's enough to move you and change you. And that's why it says Enoch walked with God. It's a physical thing Enoch's doing. Every day he's getting up and doing things and changing what he was doing, seeking after God, looking to please God in the way he lives his life, and changing all those things. You learn little tiny steps at a time what to do. Little tiny steps. It's been, I've been a few years in my position now, and we've had a secretary in our group. The secretary was there for 25 years or so, and she left, retired. And after that, I struggled because she's a very important part. She was a very important part of that group. We got another secretary in. She was great. And I thought, now we're on the right track. And I always try to pray before someone comes in that, that the right person will come in. And she came up to me after nine months and said, I got a new job offer. I'm going to go. I said, okay, here we go again, right? So finally, we got through it again. And this time I prayed a little more intense that the right person would come along. Just that would happen just so that right person would help us out. We wouldn't struggle through so much more. And another secretary came along. She was fantastic. Been great. Week and a half ago, she gave me a notice again. She's leaving. So she's gone already. And I thought to myself, when she gave me that notice, I prayed from the very beginning that the right person would come into this job. And I prayed all through the last nine months, because she was there for nine months as well, that the right person would be in the job and that God would continue to do the right thing. And the only thing I could finally think, after a little bit of frustration, was... God knows this. It's a little push of faith on my side to say, God obviously has another plan for this. He's got a thought. It's not the way I would do it, but he's saying, don't you trust that I can do this right? Even if I have to put 15 of them in there in a row to find the right one, it's that little step to just trusting God's character to say, I don't have to stress out about this at all. I'm just going to let it be. 
and you're going to have to make this work out, and it's going to be okay. Those are the little tiny steps, and for me, that's one of those little steps of faith in my life that I have to take to learn to hand those things over to God and say, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm just going to let you do it. And I'm going to trust that when we get through this thing, that we'll be better on the other side. God individually knows about what I'm meant to do. He individually knows about what every one of you are meant to do. He knows a special path for you. He knows where you're going to hang up. And he's going to challenge you on that to trust him. I could set up a plan for faith for you and it would fail miserably. But God knows the details inside your heart and inside my heart. And he goes and he works. And the creator of the universe makes a plan for you to grow. That's what's so unique. That's what's unique about Enoch. Is he created this once in a lifetime, once in, in history plan for him. This man pleases me. I'll take him. He knew all the steps that needed to be. Because he walked faithfully with God, God says, I like that. I like that. You're looking to seek me every day. And you're not saying, I know what I'm going to get done. I know what I'm going to do today. I know I have my plan. And hopefully nobody messes it up. Because that's the way we often live. It's better to learn to say, God, what do you want me to do? Ask. Seek what he wants for you. And those steps of faith come little by little. And you trust. You learn to trust little by little for the steps of faith. And you learn to walk with God. Please God. Like Enoch did. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.